0: welcome to another edition of your impact attack that's right it's your impact attack and uh, man um, we are just so glad that you are gracious enough to let us host your impact attack for you even though to be honest it's getting more and more difficult for us but who are we I am Jamie Williams some people call me the vet Rogers guy, the vet, 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 rip, rip, rip. Rogers guy. With me as always, my tag team partner Brandon. I'm tagging and Brandon in. Brandon, what's going on? Not much man. How are you doing? Oh, you know, just loving the world and everyone in it. Uh any uh any hot news on the streets? <laughs>
1: uh, man, not
0: not a whole lot going on in
1: wrestling. I mean, kind of slow on the news. And not much going on at the moment.
0: Slow weekend. Nothing really happened. No shows.
1: Nah. Nothing nobody... big happening. Nobody you know losing their job or anything
0: nope everybody's still gainfully employed and getting along uh you know i miss those old days where there was controversy you know all the time around every corner uh, but we don't have that anymore everybody in wrestling is friends and um, everything is just very uh stale and uh safe and no
1: backstage shenanigans. Everybody getting along. It's all kumbaya, holding hands, hugging. Everybody's mm-hmm. just doing swell, getting along. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, in case you've been living under a proverbial uh, wrestling rock, um, and no, we're not talking about Dwayne Johnson. Uh, we're not even talking about La Knight. <laughs> <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about uh, yeah so I guess uh, AEW has come to terms on the release of 1CM Punk here uh, was the interesting thing that he said they, they confirmed he had two
1: contracts one as a talent and one as an employee So that makes mm-hmm. you wonder what exactly was he doing as an employee what were his roles and responsibilities as an employee
0: that's right. Well, people have definitely speculated on that. I mean, we could all imagine that um, you know he took on some extra duties as uh, Collision debuted because some people were speculating that um, some people were speculating that Collision was created just so that CM Punk could have his own show and run things the way he wanted to over there which i don't necessarily think is true but i do think it was like a fortuitous situation where you know probably they wanted some more programming that they could fill um and yeah pun intended well not for me but (laughs) yes let's go with it um They want some more some more programming, and then this other situation came up, and it was like, okay, well, good. Now now that he's returning from injury, then Punk can be over here and he can work with the people he wants to work with and that thing. So I think it was more of a... I I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think it was just more of a situation of okay, luckily these things line up and we can do it like this. And now I look at the um I look at the news, you know, and I see an article, something about Brian Danielson, uh, having more, it's like having more, uh, talking about duties, uh, on collision, you know? And it's like, well, I wonder why Brian Danielson would come in and have more duties on collision and creative, uh, opportunities on collision all of a sudden. I wonder, is that coincidental or not? So if that answers your question about what, you know, the employee contract may have uh, entailed, you could just be saying they're sliding all that stuff over to Danielson and whatever Danielson does is probably a lot similar to what Punk was doing. You know, plus, maybe yes. if maybe if Danielson tells uh, Jack Perry that you can't use real glass in a segment or something, He won't be as apt to choke him out backstage when they get into a fight, but, um, you know, nonetheless, he still may be a guy that has to tell people no or tell people yes or tell people whatever needs to be told at at a given time. And he's probably a guy that is a little more easygoing. Um, But, uh, you know, in my experience, Punk has been easygoing if. He's the kind of guy that, or if you're the kind of guy that uh, sees eye to eye with him, he's very he's very easygoing and very friendly with you and very loyal to you. Uh, and then as soon as you cross him, then you're persona non grata. So that that's that plays to what people have been doing lately, where they go back and scrub through a bunch of footage of him on commentary saying things like. You know if you got a problem with jungle boy then the problem is with you (laughs) uh yeah well maybe that was true at one point (laughs) but uh so so it's, it's it's all very um it's all very sort of i i guess it's i guess it's interesting some people just don't care some people are surprised that things like this happen uh but it's really not any different in the business what's what's changed is that you have so many more outlets for the mark wrestlers to feed stuff to to you know uh you know assassinate your character. so make no mistake. The character of Punk had been assassinated in dirt sheets for well over a year at this point from the inside, and the reason it worked and the reason that people latch onto to it is because he's got a reputation so it's believable so whether it's true or not he's gonna look guilty even when he's even when he's doing things that any normal person or if another wrestler did it you'd be like oh yeah definitely yeah that's how it should go um but when he does it it's like oh fuck him he's always been a problem you know so it, it is kind of funny but I mean what do you think about the whole thing? you you we haven't really heard from you. Everybody else in the world has talked about it, but you get a spot on Monday nights to talk about things. So so what do you what do you think? What are you, What's going through your mind as you're hearing all these things play out? Man, I did happen to catch
1: a little bit of the Monday locker room stream. I did catch the part. I forgot who it was. Said, like, that Punk's grievances were 100%, like, right, but how he handled it was all wrong. And I'm mm-hmm. 100% in that camp. Like, he the things that he complained about, the issues that he had, he was not wrong about, but how he handled it was less than professional, way less than professional. Mm. Which Uh, I can kind of understand to a bit of a degree because if you voice these issues and you really care about the company and the place you're working at and making it better and nobody seems to want to listen to you, I can kind of understand the frustration and just like, F it, I'm gonna go out and do things my way if nobody wants to listen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you still gotta have that 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 tact, and Punk doesn't really seem to
0: have that. No, he doesn't. But again, you know, lots of people don't have tact, you know. Sometimes, as as I was pointing out in the Monday locker room earlier, when people talk about they're acting like this shit is new, you know, the reactions of fans that aren't around or just aren't privy to those things you know the tact used to be uh come in the locker room and just wave a gun like that could be tact uh it, it's it's the, the some people would say that jack perry got off light getting choked in front of everybody and getting indefinitely suspended you know like compared to what could have happened um they used to, you know guys used to just they used to just hook you in the ring and then cripple you and that would be the end of it oops you know like that, that those are things that actually you see if you want to talk about old old school Ooh. the way shit really went down it's like okay well i'll see you out there kid and, like they wouldn't have even done it backstage they would have gotten the ring did one thing you know but th- this is a different mm-hmm. time so you can't do it like that you remember when daniel pewter got a bit of a
1: hothead because he got one over on angle and then during the royal rumble he was in the ring it was just him eddie guerrero chris benoit and bob holly and they just had their fun with him
0: right and that was again getting off light you know yep i mean you got some chops big deal you know like that that's (laughs) it, it, it it could have happened whether he'd done that or not he could have just been the new kid getting that you know that happens in wrestling schools like, hey let's 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 see let's let's weed people out as and and, and chop them and see if they want you know the, not everything has to be Matt Suda breaking yeah. hogan's leg but i mean so kind of
1: you still got of... to have the gatekeeping in there to see who can handle right. it and hack it
0: right and in and in jack perry's case who's going to do that to him he has a famous daddy like he doesn't get treated like that because before before his father passed away you know, there was still some consequence of, you know, like, well, I don't want to bring that heat down on me. I don't want to be the guy that, you know, be- so, so he's probably got handled with kid gloves, you know, at, at many points, uh, in, in the early, in his early goings, which I don't know though. I can't, I, I can only speculate cause I don't know about the early goings of Jack Perry, but, um, what I do know is it's kind of, it's just kind of suspicious the way uh, this all sort of plays out. It just seems like I theorized that it was, it was a case of like, you know, well, we've, we've tried different ways to get rid of this guy. So let's try another one. And you have a, you have somebody, you know, making references on, I don't want to say live television. Cause I don't know if the, the all in um pre-show was televised but it was was certainly on camera and and streamed
1: on camera camera and on the product
0: right and so when you're when you're making those references directly to the camera and you got the guy like right there waiting to go out like he's watching your match because he's up next so he's probably watching your match and he's probably watching everybody's matches or whatever or plans to um and then he's got to go out there, and then you come back, and you get in his face, or he gets in your face. Whatever, uh, it 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 seems it seems like he was he was just used. You know what I mean? Like he was a hit man. He's like, hey, go fuck with him and see what happens. And if and if they didn't get the result they wanted, like if Punk blew him off and was like whatever kid and just went out there and had his match then maybe jack perry would be suspended and punk would just be doing his thing on collision still and being the top merch seller in the company and all the other stuff that he was doing maybe that yep if punk would have no sold he would have looked like the bigger man in this but also you know punk is playing with house money because he's like if he doesn't want to be there and he's tired of suffering these fools for all this time and not and not getting you know not being listened to or not getting respected and he could do kind of what he wants without without fear like maybe this is a result that he wanted so i don't know man but um it it is it is quite uh the whole thing was unnecessary the way it had to happen um people get al- people don't get along in wrestling uh it's just a fact and they just continue to go ahead with their business there's people right now in WWE that don't like each other
1: um i, I keep going back to brett and Sean in 97 they hated each other's guts they still did business and made money yep
0: and um so i i, I don't know but Interesting to see what's next. Now, of course the obvious thing is uh survivor series is at the Allstate Arena. Ooh. Here's the question that everybody wants to know. Is everybody are they gonna pull the trigger and do something? And is it a good idea? What do you think?
1: It would be a good idea for WWE to do. The question is though, and we already know what the answer to it is, can they get out of their way their own pettiness and childishness and actually do the business that needs to be done or are they going to just tur- let it that get in the way and then shit them shit all over punk and make him look like look bad?
0: Well, they wouldn't do it if they brought him in for that. But in the long term what is it? Right. Like, that's the question. Um,
1: Short term, it probably turned out pretty great. Get their few shots in at AEW, get their money out of them and
0: then shit on. them. Right. So if they assuming that everything's above board, which we should never do. It seems to be a good business decision that would really uh, fire things up and it would really be interesting and it would really be controversial and you would really sort of increase business all around i saw a random tweet so i don't know i don't know if it's true so cuz it's just a random tweet but it wasn't like one of the tweets that people would actually see i was just scrolling through uh some hashtags or whatever so i just saw a random person's tweet In response to a random thing so this isn't going to get picked up by the sheets but this random person just said survivor series tickets just went up in price (laughs) after this (laughs) like Hmm. tickets of survivor series just went up in price so that that doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of like what will happen but it is just them recognizing like oh we can we can at least make people think that something's happening and we can you know, so I don't know if it's true. Just saying it's a random tweet, but it's something to think about. Yeah, it's very Brad least, Brad has a question too. Hold on. Um he says Fox is willing to pay for punk. Do you think they will force WWE? Interesting question. What do you think? You know, with the deals coming up, that might that could be a bargaining chip. He definitely could be one. All right. Well, we've got the connection. He's worked for WWE and UFC uh he's worked for fox so you know the the whole thing he did with uh with uh whatever that show was um i forget what it was called like backstage or some shit like on on it was on fs1 which nobody watched and he only was on part of the time so it wasn't like uh, a you know a great a great deal but uh you know, it it did have him interacting with current WWE people like Booker T, you know, Renee at the time. Um, I forget who else was there. Uh, But, but yeah, so I was there. Yeah, probably. Um, So, so there you go. But I, I, I think the best thing to do for everyone involved would be similar to what Edge did, you know, come back at that schedule because he's not coming back for a full schedule no absolutely not already doing a weekly schedule you know was probably about as much as he wanted to do so i don't think that he's going to be working that wwe road schedule um we're, we're not going to do that again but if he can work out like you know a special appearance deal like brock or something like that i think That's definitely worth everybody's time. Because then you can only have Punk for what you want him for. Like, if you want to program him with somebody for, you know, like a month or so, and then just let him, you know, go back to whatever comic books or whatever he wants to do, then you could do that and then bring him in the next time you need him or bring him in for big events, you know, that you want to, you know, when you're trying to draw a house, like anytime you're looking to maybe you just don't like that Wembley has the highest paid attendance and you want to have your own highest paid attendance. And maybe you can put something together that will, a a nice card that will help fill a stadium or something. Of course, they could probably do it, and he could probably help them do that uh, if if you can concoct a dream match or two that people would still like to see. So I think it's definitely valuable, but everything is, of course, the key to what you said, which is can they get out of their own way and do it? and just do business with them in the short term. Uh, I don't know. We've seen, I mean, look, again, we we saw this character assassination going on, right? And in the midst of the character assassination, he does things like he shows up at Impact and plays Uno because he wants to support you know uh trinity making her debut or something like that or he goes to hang out in the parking lot uh of monday night raw and say hi to some people you know and you know the the these don't sound like the type of things that just some bitter guy that's there just for the money is doing he seems like there's still certain things he cares about you know and, and right, does especially... want to be supportive of you know people
1: still Especially when you hear about like the report of when he went back to the WWE where he actually wanted to have a conversation with Vince and him and Triple H had kind of like a semi cordial like just little chat with like let me let me check with him and see if it's okay.
0: Uh, apparently right. he buried the hatchet with the Miz. hmm Yeah. Does he sound like the kind of does this sound like the kind of person that people always claim he is? Well, the, the question the, the, the truth is both are true. You know, like, just even my own interactions with the guy, they could be very night and day depending on, you know, one day he's, he's acting like it's a, it's a you know, it's a minor annoyance to introduce himself or shake his hand or shake your hand, and the next time he's high-fiving you. It just, like, it depends how he's he's feeling at that time or whatever, but, um, you know, he, he has the potential to be a good guy, and he has the potential to be a, a dick. But so do we all, really. depends on when you catch us, you know? So, I don't know. The business can be done. Um, If everybody can get out of their own way, something cool can happen. I know that above and beyond the WWE wanting to do anything to him, I'm sure they would really love to make AEW look bad and give him the platform to do it. Like, I know they would enjoy him running them down on their television way more than they would enjoy... Doing anything to him, so I think they, you know, there, there's at least the glimmer of a possibility that they might do that. So, absolutely
1: for sure, maybe even something with uh, him and Cody involving AEW.
0: Sure, they could form a tag team. <laughs> These are the, we're, we're 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 the uh, we call it the Exodus or whatever. I don't know. Um, so yeah, yeah, like, you know, if I'm in charge, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm, I'm doing it. Um, not only that, but like, just as a, just as a wrestling fan, not as, not as necessarily even a fan of the guy, you know, like it's not even necessarily as a punk fan, um, but just as a wrestling fan, it's like, come on, that can't be the end of his career. Yeah. Fired off screen for beating up some fucking punk kid, some actor's kid. Like, that can't be the end of a of a Hall of Fame career, man. He's got to go out on a higher note than that. Somebody actually
1: made the observation that Roman Reigns has been champion longer than Punk was in AEW.
0: Yes. Guess he has. So well we uh we shall see we have nothing to do but wait and see that's all we can do hopefully we don't have to wait long but he's not the kind of guy that necessarily uh goes you know to twitter or those kind of places to like just vent stuff he doesn't just vomit stuff up on social media so if he's gonna make a big address let's see if
1: he has done those Instagram posts that they were kind of shoot shoot bang bang a little bit.
0: No, no, no. I'm saying like when something major like he has yes. something major to say. He'll take a I'm not saying he doesn't take shots, but even if you look at his social media, it's it's uh, it's quiet a lot of the time. So um if he's gonna do something like this, it's not gonna be in a series of tweets, probably. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so he's probably going to, we're, we're going to look and see what he says on some kind of platform, whether it's an interview for some sports show or magazine or whoever, or whether he waits to make, to do a wrestling promo, a pipe bomb, whatever it is. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see what he says, but, uh, but yeah, unfortunately we're just left to speculate and, you know, history tells us that punk doesn't mind us, doing that, just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and speculating. He'll just let you do it. So, that's that. If there's anything else you'd like to add on that subject, I've talked about it quite a bit this week, so I don't really have anything else.
1: Nah, I don't think there's really anything left to add to that subject. I mean, it is what it is, and we just had to wait and see where everything goes from there.
0: Yep, and um, there's really not a lot of other news unless it's like again tangentially related to the situation um it's certainly the biggest news that aew has got going on um so uh, they had all out you know following this but the crowd didn't hijack the show nearly as much as everybody probably assumed that they would um it, it just they went on to put on a good show everybody busted their ass Danielson came back early with his broken arm to work a match with ricky starks and um uh, you know i mean orange cassie and john moxley in the main event just really a brutal match and um you know and a bunch of other stuff in between so it was a relatively good show it's too long as always but you know what can you do uh so that's uh but that. Other than that, that's really that's really all there is. So, ever I been to an IWA Mid South show? <laughs> no,
1: shockingly, I have not. Oh, dude, those run long as fuck.
0: Yeah, I think I wrestled nobody. on maybe two, three pre shows. <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody goes home early. Oh, no, <laughs> not in, not in the crowd or in the matches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Medium5 says, Speaking of all-out Scrum, Stupid Statlander said during her part in the Scrum, We tried and did put on our best effort despite fearing for what can happen. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, the only thing
1: i The me. only thing I can think of that would make sense for what Tony Khan is saying about the whole fear for his life thing is if there was some something that happened behind trying close doors or Punk actually tried to attack him.
0: Yeah, there was a report that he that he lunged at him, but that could that doesn't necessarily mean I don't think I don't think Punk was ever gonna put hands on Tony. He was probably just gonna get in his face and yell at him some more, but yeah. That's probably
1: Punk's a little I mean, for all for him, as much of a hothead as he is, he's
0: smarter than that. Smarter than that. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean maybe maybe Statlander's referring to the Chicago crowd. Like they thought they thought they were just gonna I'm sure, I mean I'm sure that's what she's referring to. maybe she's referring to the fact that <laughs> that they thought everybody would just file into the building, take their seats, and then um and then as soon as the show started, they would just riot, <laughs> turn the place upside down like is that what they thought uh I don't know, but so I think um yeah that that was. That wasn't going to happen, but I did hear that that already there are reports of people saying that they're confiscating signs and telling people if they had a CM Punk shirt that they had to like take it off or else they had to be asked to leave or shit like that, which is like you know, that's a very WWE move, and um, that's the kind of shit
1: I don't like. But who knows if that's actual fans reporting that or if that's Meltzer's buddies putting that out there?
0: Well, I just saw fans. I don't know what Meltzer said. I'm talking about I mean, I didn't, I don't, usually when people post videos of stuff, like their own fan stuff, I don't even bother Oh, to okay, watch it.
1: there's, okay, there's actually, like, fans posting that? Okay, never mind.
0: There was, like, some videos I saw that, they were like i didn't again i don't watch these videos so i just see a thumbnail of a video and it looks like it's from a fan's perspective in the crowd so i just know yeah they wouldn't have posted this unless what they said happened happened so it's probably like some security they, they got on camera the security telling people that they had to you know take their shirt off or whatever it is like so yeah so it, i guess it did happen um but yeah so like that that you know yeah anyway so well uh anyway let's just let's move on from that let's talk about oh wait maybe we shouldn't move on from that because i just realized what we have to talk about all right so now um speaking of pay-per-views now brandon you have been uh rebuilding up an entire angle to lead to a pay-per-view so for everybody that hasn't been watching if you haven't been watching, then damn it! What are you doing with your life? You should be watching the Impact Attack every week. But uh, we've been holding back for various and sundry reasons. We've been holding back some punching up impacts, and then we are, you know, we decided that uh, it would be best to sort of lay it all out in a three-week fashion leading up to Emergence to see what could have been in terms of. The way you could build to a, a show and then pay off the show for everything that you built. So, Brandon, if you would uh, take it away with your presentation of another universe's po- a multiverse, if you will, uh, what could have happened uh, at Emergence last week? Yes. Yeah, so, we're going to go all the way back to
1: the 810 2023 20, edition of Impact Wrestling.
0: Back when CM Punk had a job. (laughs) Back when CM Punk was still with AEW. It was a whole different world back then. Yeah, man. It's
1: crazy. All right. So we open it up with the recap and ketchup package. Ketchup package. Then we have our intro and Pyro and Ballyhoo go to the announce table where they go over the cards for tonight, including the main event six-way. It was originally a six-man tag, but it is now a six-way To determine the number one contender for the world title at Emergence because we are scrapping the eight man tag and is going to end up being splintered into several different matches. All right. And the announcers give their thoughts on the recent developments. And we go to an in-ring with, I'll just go ahead and dub them the scumbags, which is Moose, Rush, Bully, and Myers. Mm Mm-hmm. And they outline their plans to make sure one of their guys becomes number one contender, and they'll make sure that only the people who get title shots are each other. And during the promo, the lights flicker, and then Time Machine and Josh Alexander come out to give their rebuttal, and it ends in a pull apart with both groups getting separated. And then we go to match number one: ABC versus Swann and Callahan in a tag team tournament match. ABC Music and Entrance, Swan and Callahan Music and Entrance, and we get a condensed version of the match on the show with Good Hands interfering to give Swan and Callahan the win. So we go to our first commercial break. And then we come back to backstage of Demore, the Scumbags, and Time Machine and Alexander. And Demore makes the regulation and decree that if any of them, as part of this group, gets physical with each other, besides during a sanctioned match before emergence... And whoever wins the number one contenders match loses their if it's one of them, loses their title shot. And Alex Shelley, if it's anyone from Time Machine or Josh Alexander, Alex Shelley is stripped of the title.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Then we go to a pre-tape of Santino in the Knockouts tag teams. It goes just like it did on the show. And then you go to match number two, Dango versus Gujar. Dango music and entrance, Gujar music and entrance. Match goes just like it does on the show with Jake something coming out and all that business they get done. And then our second commercial break, and we come back with the design vignette. That's the same one on the show. And then a backstage with Gia and Johnny Swinger. It goes just like it does with Kenny King and Sheldon Jean interrupting, except we don't have that awful Alex smelly line. Yes, Never. please
0: get rid of that. Oh, <laughs> by go. the way, hold on. Before you continue, let me just say one thing. Uh, I want to address Medium 5 in the chat. Uh, once again, I'm not resting my eyes. I'm closing my eyes to visualize the show. I've mentioned this before. I know you're not always here. Anybody that's joining us, I am not sleeping. I am not bored. I'm wide fucking awake, and I'm listening because when... I'm just looking at comments or staring at Brandon's lovely face. I tend to, my mind tends to just go off. So I try to focus and concentrate. So I close my eyes and listen so I can visualize the show as he's describing it. I am not asleep. Thank you very much. Continue, please, Brandon.
1: All right. And then we go to match number three, Alicia Edwards versus Jody Threat. It goes just like it does on the show. And and then when Kazarian comes out for the... Candlestick shot instead of the backswing that he hits her with, he goes to swing at Eddie full force with an overhead swing. He ducks and he cracks Alicia right across the head with it. So and she then t- laughs base.
0: at her and 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 then uh, everyone points and laughs together, right? And now let me cut to a commercial break. Okay.
1: And, then we, and we replay what happened with, along with Eddie helping Alicia up, keep her balance, and help her to the back, along with some trainers. And then we cut to the pre-tape with Diana Peraza. That's the same one that we saw on the show. And then we have match number four, Mike Bailey versus Kushida, which is a condensed version of what we saw on the show. And then we go backstage with Kazarian in his locker room, and he's on the phone with Tracy, talking to her about what happened. Says that it was an accident. Before Eddie Edwards bars into the locker room and attacks Kaz, and then we have ev- officials pulling them apart. Before we go to our fourth commercial break, and come I have back a with-
0: question about that. I have a question about that. So, with the um, with the whole like, so I know you changed the layout of it so that it's not like she gets caught in the backswing or whatever, right? Like that's yeah. It's a so for yeah, it's actual like like he nails her like
1: right across the head full force
0: yeah so um with that even so because she's still like an active talent and because the impact does this intergender stuff and everything like that like do you would you still like to uh just treat it like this some kind of tragedy or would you like to sort of imply that they're playing it up way too much as heels? Like, like this is, it's one kendo, one kendo stick shot, and they're acting like she's got to get stretchered out with a thing, but, but they're obviously like making way too big a deal out of it. Like, where people are like, come on, it was just one kendo stick shot, and they're like putting the neck brace on her and everything. Or like they're saying she needs a neck brace when when she, uh, and the EMTs are like, oh, I don't think so, but whatever. Like, what, what do you think about that? Like, them trying to be obviously ridiculous about overselling it? It's not a bad idea. Um,
1: the way I was going to play it up was like they're looking at her and if for a potential concussion.
0: Okay. All right. I just just throwing it out there. All right. Please continue.
1: So, yeah, then they have, then he attacks Cass. The official's pull him apart before we go to our fourth commercial break. And then we come back with a replay of Edwards attacking Kazarian. And then we come to our pre-tape, which is the first part of the crazy Steve interview. We leave that completely alone. Then we go to match number five, which is a new match. It's going to be Lince Dorado versus Laredo Kid, with Lince Dorado over Clean. Then we come back to a video of Subculture defending their tag titles. And then their vignette. Same stuff we saw on the show. Then we go backstage to the Scumbags locker room. Talk about how they're going to take apart the other three in the six-way. Bully, Moose, and Leo leave to go to the bathroom and leave Myers alone in the locker room. Before the lights flicker and we go to the, our fifth and final commercial break. Come back to the Scumbags locker room and Myers is out cold when Moose, Bully, and Leo return. Scumbags determine it must have been Alexander or Time Machine, which would mean Shelly gets stripped of the title. And then go to a pre-tape of Hendry and Yuya, which is the same one that we saw on the show, along with the New Japan hype video. We go to the announce desk where they run down the card for next week and then they talk about there's a commotion in Gorilla. And then we see uh, the scumbags arguing with Damore and Gorilla that Shelly should be stripped of the title because Time Machine and Alexander attacked Myers. Damore says there's no proof that it was Time Machine and Alexander who attacked Myers. And then as this is going on, Moose's music hits while this whole thing is going on. And Damore says that Moose and Bully don't go, go out to the ring. They forfeit their opportunity. We cut to match six and angry Moose marches down in the ring as his music continues to play. Then we have Black Taurus music in entrance. Moose charges and attacks Taurus on the entrance ramp. Bully music in entrance. He's in the back, so arguing with Damore before Damore tells him to go out, and he joins in with Moose beating down Taurus. Samurai dull Sol music hits, but before he comes out to the entrance, Leo Rush blindsides him in Gorilla, and we had the announcers point out that because Samurai was not involved in the earlier stipulation, it does not count against the scumbag, so whoever wins does not lose their title shot. Sabin using an entrance. He runs out to help uh, Sam or uh, Tarus fight off Bully and Moose. Babyface hoping a comeback for Sabin and Tarus before Bully and Tarus end up on the outside. And then Moose goes over after spearing Sabin. And we have the scumbags, Sans Meyer, celebrating to close the show.
0: Moose yeah, take that, Goldberg. Consenting. You get speared. You get speared mm-hmm. from a real animal that charges people. Yeah, and take that, Taurus. Your bull can't beat a moose. All right. That, yep. So that's case. the.
1: <laughs> yep, and so that's the end of the eight ten edition.
0: All right. So now we set this up. Moose is the number one contender, and rightfully so. All right. So then we go to the eight seventeen edition,
1: replay catch up packet.
0: It's never going to be not funny. <laughs> in
1: and then intro pyro and Ballyhoo announced table. They go over the card before they're interrupted by the scumbags. Then we have Moose and there's no Myers with them this week. We have bully Moose and Rush demand that Demore strip Shelly of the title and award it to number one contender Moose. Demore comes out and he reminds them that he said, or comes out and he says that he told Time Machine Alexander to stay in the back because he does not want his emergence main event jeopardized. And he once again reiterates that it cannot be proven that Time Machine and Alexander attacked Myers and he's launching his own investigation. Alexander comes out in any way and him and Bully have words until it almost comes to blows. The more diffuses the situation by letting them go one-on-one in the main event to let them fight in a sanctioned no DQ match. Lights, nice. flicker, lights flicker again during this promo.
0: They
1: got to pay their bills. then we cut to the announce table to talk about what just happened and hype the new main event. Then we have match number one, Deanna Perazzo versus Kylan King. And then we have the Kylan King music and entrance with the announcers mentioning that she wanted to do this alone and prove she could beat Deanna on her own. Deanna music and entrance with Deanna over clean. Post-match wilds runs down to the ring and and her and Kylan King double team Deanna. Trinity runs out for the save with the coven turning their attention to her and diana grabs a chair and swings at king But king ducks and she ends up hitting trinity instead before we go to our first commercial break gasp they come back with trinity with the trainer trinity is getting checked make sure she doesn't have a concussion diana arrives to apologize but trinity doesn't completely buy into it the and then
0: go- come in and say that was nothing that was just a chair my wife got hit with kenny and then
1: we go backstage to Gia and Kenny King with Sheldon Jean. We have the same, same segment that was on the show. And we go backstage with Santino and Kevin Knight. With Santino apologizing tonight that he doesn't have a match night because Myers isn't cleared to wrestle after what happened last week. And then, because that's what it said was, was supposed to be, Knight and Myers. So we have Bully, Moose, and Rush enter the scene. And want to know what's, what, he's going, what he's going to do about the title situation. And if he will strip Shelly at the belt, basically the whole go ask your father, go ask your mother thing. Because if the Moore's not going to do it, we'll see if Santino will. And Kevin Knight ends up standing up to the scumbags. Moose challenges him. And Santino decides, well, if Moose wants a match so bad, he can fill in for Myers. And that fixes his whole thing with needing a match for tonight. So we cover that plot hole of just making matches or needing to fill in a match.
0: Yeah. If any time that you have to sub a match in and say, well, we're making this for the main event, you should tell a disappointed previous main event that they're no longer on or they've been moved down the card or, or whatever to, to cover that. It's, it's not that hard to do.
1: Right. Whereas in this situation, they just pulled them before they pulled the match out of the thin air. Whereas this time, it was supposed to originally be Kevin Knight and Myers. Myers is hurt, so Moose gets
0: inserted. Right. And, and then you could use that to play into other people's ongoing things. Like, you could have said Jonathan Gresham was going to be in a main event, and then that could be one more thing. Like, if he gets pulled, that it could be one more thing that just piles on his frustration. I want to push pause. Uh, Chris Winland, uh great supporter, uh, ask a couple questions. Do you guys get burned out by all the wrestling programming jammed into one weekend? And is there anything in the current products that entertain you? Okay, so uh i'll let's see let's take this in order so do you get burned out well i i've been burned out i don't know if you could tell i try to keep it as upbeat and entertaining as as possible if i feel negative i try to make my negativity entertaining i always try to make you guys laugh and i always try to come up with jokes that i can say uh because i'm if if i was really a part of this and my livelihood depended on it then i'd i'd be uh just a miserable wreck and i would probably choke out jack perry backstage but um the fact is i stepped away for those reasons a long time ago i said i quit um i'm not coming back this is not this is not for me these people aren't for me uh, as much as a fan as i am and as much fun as i have having matches and being involved in certain aspects of it everything else is just way too much so i'm burned out of just watching it And and I I am and I don't want to watch Impact ever and I don't certainly don't want to watch their pay per views ever, uh. So yes, and certainly when everything gets crammed into one weekend like this, I'm always like, can you guys not look at a calendar and see what everybody else is doing so that we don't have like all this shit like because some weekends will be absolutely nothing, and I'm like, why isn't uh. One of Impact's pay per views here on this weekend where nothing's happening or, or so, something like that. Like sometimes it happens like that. Other times it doesn't. So yeah, like we can understand the big weekends like
1: Survivor, Se- not Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, because those are the big, big shows and everybody's trying to piggyback off of that. So it makes sense. Plus, twice a year ain't going to kill you. If it's like every month, every other month, it can get exhausting.
0: Right. and But I don't even like, I, I hate the, you know, I, I hate the piggybacking thing too, even though I understand it to some degree. But I hate it too because it's like, dude, if somebody's gonna make a choice, what do you think they're gonna choose? Like maybe in terms of tickets and whatever, you couldn't get tickets to SummerSlam, so you have to settle for GCW or whatever the fuck. But at the same time, like if you can only watch one thing, what are you gonna what are you gonna watch? So it, it I don't know how much it might end up being a wash, like trying to do that but who knows everybody else has been doing it and they're going to keep doing it so yeah you know, what do i know but um but yeah it is a little it is a little much but brandon does he can avoid burnout because he simply just does not watch it so he he won't get burned out because he does not care uh he's not going to watch it just um, impact yeah just impact you know so so that that's how he gets through that i think uh now, the other question is, there anything in the current products that entertain you? Um, no. For me, no. I'm answering that, no. But what it is, is like I always say about the a la carte thing, I'm entertained by individuals and moments. Nobody has a good television show. Nobody has consistent booking. Nobody has consistent stories. Nobody has consistent character development. WWE has a whole roster full of talented people that they have no idea who they're supposed to be. Like, I'm not talking about the people. I'm sure the talent knows who they're supposed to be, and I'm sure the talent has ideas for what they should be doing, but the WWE doesn't even know if certain people are faces or heels, and they're not having them act accordingly. They're not having them act consistently. And there's way too much bullshit on there for you to be truly entertained same goes for everybody else because most of them are just trying to be WWE, you know light as the internet likes to call other companies they've called tna that since its inception and you know it continues to be that way impact is doing things every cliche that they're doing they got it from WWE at some point now um AEW is trying to throw way too much shit at the wall And yeah, so I just look at individual talents that I'm entertained by and that I will stop what I'm doing to watch. Moose is one of those here. I watch Moose. I want to pay attention to Moose and he doesn't let me down, but Impact lets me down with the booking of Moose, which is why Brandon's in the middle of trying to explain what they could do to make the show more entertaining overall. That's what this whole segment is supposed to be. Then you go to other companies that have great talents that, uh you know whether it's uh jay white over in aew or even like i enjoy guys like darby allen i like watching darby allen's matches because he knows how to work despite being a glorified skateboarding stuntman but he actually knows how to work which separates him from every other small guy that's jumping off of stuff and when he does it it makes sense Um, I enjoy guys like Walter on WWE. I like to watch Walter's matches, I like to watch Becky Lynch, I like to watch certain talents like that. Who else is good? Um trying to think. I like Athena in Ring of Honor. Athena's doing amazing things in Ring of Honor, but nobody's watching it. So nobody's seeing how good she is, or right now. Um so you know i I take it piece by piece. I enjoy watching l a night. I'm glad that he's finally getting some recognition and stuff, even though you know everybody that's been all of his detractors I've been saying those same things for years. I never said it in a bad way. I just acknowledge that it exists, but I don't blame him for it. i mean it it's fine, but i I like watching him too so so it's people like I'm watching them. That's what's entertaining i I'm entertained by the individuals. And what they can create, I'm not entertained by the overall product, the flow of the shows. I'm not entertained by the booking a lot of the time. Um, a lot of it's just pointless because I know it's not going anywhere. What about you, uh, Brandon? What, what, are you entertained by anything? You know, I know I just said you don't watch anything, but you know, does anything come across the table where you're just like, okay, yeah, that I, I would watch that if I was going to watch something. Moose and Joe Hendry. Moose and Joe Hendry. That's it. There you go. So, um, and then the other question is uh, why tag team rules only apply to some shows while not in others lately? Are tag ropes and ref counts important? And Any thoughts on such rules dissolving in evolution? Uh, okay. I think
1: that's more kind of a, a promotion to promotion type deal. Like Some might have their own different so tag roles to kind of differentiate themselves from the other promotions, which that's not a bad thing. No, but that's, it,
0: that's not a bad thing in and of itself. Continue. But
1: the thing is, though, they got to remain consistent with it, which I don't think anybody does.
0: No, they don't. It's basically what it comes down to is, do you know how to work a tag match or not? You're going to have tag matches on your show. The question is, do you know how to be a tag team? And very few people uh, know how to be a tag team. Okay. no matter how good you think you are or people say you are, I still see things that I'm like, you know, what are you doing? Everybody wants to talk about FTR being the best tag team. And uh, it was I I think I was on. uh, I think I was was I was on wreckage. I think I was talking with the PwC boys on wreckage and I was talking about a match that they had where like you know, Dax Daxon or whatever was like, uh, he was like half in and half out of the ring. Like, and, and like he was, he was, y- y- you know, like how you step over the second rope, you know, like, but he was like laying on the second rope, like, like half in half out of the ring and his partner tagged him. And it's like, dude, you can't just be half in the ring while you're getting tagged and selling, you know, like, what do you, like? That's not the best tag team in the world. You wouldn't even think of doing some stupid shit like that. I, I
1: remember I remember those rules like made Eddie Guerrero get creative to do his light for his light cheat and steal gimmick. Like remember when he tied the uh a second rope to the other rope to give him more, more distance?
0: Yes. You know, things like that. But That that work that stuff works even better when everybody's aware of tag team rules whether it's not like that You know, you have to go out and explain the entire rules of a tag team every time somebody has a match But if you just see it, you know, the, the crowd is trained You know, they're trained on what to expect and then when you subvert the expectations, that's what causes the reactions Exactly you have to have that consistency. So when you break from that consistency, they notice it and then it causes a reaction. Right. But tag team wrestling is not good. There are no good tag teams anymore. There's no art to tag team wrestling anymore. It's mostly just guys coming in and doing moves and burying the ref. That's usually what tag team matches are these days having two guys on one side of a ring versus two guys on the other side of the ring is about as much of tag team wrestling as you get and everything else is kind of thrown by the wayside and they just do whatever they feel like doing. So, you know, the art form is dead. It's dying. It's not going to be upheld pretty soon. No one will remember how anything works and it's not as enjoyable. And part of that is because you know it, again going back to the wwe and everybody being a copycat of the wwe or just seeing what they do you know Vince McMahon famously doesn't uh, like tag team wrestling or divisions so rather than he, he put sees, an emphasis yeah. he sees tag
1: teams like okay which of these two is, is going to be the next Bret or sean
0: right which is wrong you should always just say this is a different part of the show this is the this is this portion of the show you know you have something for everybody and tag team matches can be very entertaining in their own way in different ways than singles matches so um if you have that separation but what he did instead was just like oh we'll just take two singles guys like the rock and stone cold and put them as a tag team you know like like Oh, that'll be crazy! Big stars in a tag team. That's the only way people care about tag team wrestling is if you put Kane and the Undertaker together, or some some shit like that. Like, which uh, that again, that can be a special moment for big matches. But if you just don't have any respect for your tag team division, then it's like why even have it at all? Why have championships? Why devote any time to you know on the show to it? and so you see that and then everybody just everybody coming up they get trained off of that they're not seeing the tag team wrestling that was popular in the 80s you know like uh with nwa and and even when wwf had all those teams like the bulldogs and the Hart foundation and the rujos and you know even the bushwhackers and you know killer bees so many so many tag teams that were like wow that's a hell of a division but You know, compare that. What do you have today? Now it's just like guys tagging in and doing singles match spots and then tagging back out and then everybody doing double teams and then getting back out. So it's just, uh, you know, that's you're you're never going to see the return of true tag team wrestling, I think
1: yeah the 80s really were the golden era i mean there was definitely a resurgence in the late 90s early 2000s with like edge and christian the hardys and the dudleys but then after that it just fell off completely
0: yeah so i i appreciate uh the questions um one other question media says what about fancy new lucha wrestlers on events doing the shit that kills tag team wrestling so they're not doing anything to kill it it's already dead. that's they're, they're just, they may be, uh, you know, arm dragging on the corpse of it, but it's still like, it's what I said, what I said, killed it. Vince McMahon killed it. He killed it for everybody. And there were tag teams that try to make a name for themselves, like the Briscoes and, you know, everything like that. But ultimately, um, even, even as much as I love the Briscoes as characters, you know, their tag team matches were a lot of the same, stuff that i've been talking about they're not as good as they could have been but um but that's what you have to that's what you, you just have to accept that yeah it doesn't matter what luchadors come in and do that has nothing to do with it people are and, not and Lucha's, taking the lucha yeah. style of no tagging they're taking the style of uh we're just single stars that are going to do what we want in a tag team setting and that started back you know in the 90s and plus lucha rules are actually like completely different from normal tag rules the problem is that they don't
1: they do not do not do enough to explain that on on cameras that people know what's going on
0: yeah pretty much so I don't know. uh yeah so that that's but that's basically it tag team wrestling's dead that's why you're not going to see consistency across all the promotions the art form is is dying and even the people that keep it up you know like there there was a Like, you know, the best tag team match that's been in a long time was that two out of three falls match on collision with Jay White and Juice Robinson against FTR, and that was a really good epic match and everything. It went like 57 minutes out of the hour or whatever it was, Um, but even within that match, like, as I was watching it, I made several notes of things that I was like, god damn, if they just didn't do this, it would be almost perfect, but they kept doing stuff to make it not perfect, so... Um, it's, it's tough. If you can't, if, if you can't get what you call, you know, perfect tag team wrestling from the quote unquote best tag team in the world as noted by themselves and Jim Cornette and many other, many other uh, sources, then I say that's like a bad sign for the, the concept as a whole across the business. I completely agree with that. All right, I'm very sorry for that sidetrack. Let's finish up this uh, Build to Emergence. All right, so let's see where we're
1: back at. So we are at match number two, Khan with Diener versus Eric Young. And we have uh, this match we're going to book a little bit differently where Eric Young has babyface fighting from underneath the entire time. And after he gets the first bump in the match on Khan, Diener hits young with a chair for the DQ and they beat Eric and con and Diener beat Eric young down post-match before we go into our second commercial break. And then we come back with the Dango and Bravo vignette, which is the same one we saw on the show. And then we go backstage with Gia and the rascals with the uh, same thing we have on the show with ABC and Santino. And the match is made of ABC versus good hands for next week. Then we go to match number three Moose versus Kevin Knight. A condensed version of what we saw on the show. And once again, the lights flicker as we go to break. And we go backstage where we find Moose unconscious by Rush and Bully Ray. And then we go to match number four. Killer Kelly versus Savannah Evans versus Jessica. Same three-way we saw, except it goes a little bit longer. Jessica over Strong when she pins Evans. Oh, yeah. And then we have a vignette with Joe Hendry and you just same when we saw on the show, the pre-tape crazy Steve interview, same one we saw on the show before we go to our fourth commercial break, then come back to match number five rascals versus Swan and Callahan with the match going like it does on the show with the rascals over and then backstage with Gia and Edwards, it goes just like that does on the show with our fifth. Then we go to our fifth and final commercial break, come back with the new Japan hype video. And the announcers go over the card for next week's show. Backstage, we have bully Leo Rush and Damore. Bully again accuses Time Machine and Alexander of attacking Moose in the back. Damore says his investigation has turned up nothing so far, and they're waiting for the building management's legal team to clear them, releasing the security tapes. Then you go to our main. Damore sounds
0: like Tony Khan here.
1: That was a little bit of the inspiration, to be honest with you. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, Match number six is Bully Ray, our main event, Bully Ray versus Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander, music and entrance, Bully Ray, music and entrance. Bully Ray jump, runs in through the crowd and attacks him. And then Leo Rush runs in, double team Alexander with Bully. Shelly runs into even the odds. Rush throws sand into Shelly's eyes while Shelly has a chair. And then Shelley swings and hits Alexander by mistake. Bully ends up going over, and Bully and Rush celebrate to end the show. So many mistakes. And since it was no DQ, that meant Shelley could run in and get involved. Oh, all right then. Let so me go to our eight twenty-four edition of Impact replay catch-up packet. Mm. intro and pyro and ballyhoo you go to the announce table where they talk go over the card talk for tonight and talk about their thoughts on what's been going on then we get an in-ring with the scumbags and we have all of them come out including myers and moose where they show signs of their jumps and injuries we got we'll have, like we'll have myers in a neck brace Moose off a bandage over his head and they also have an attorney with them And it's announced that Rush will defend the X-Division title in a three-way against Sabin and Kushida at Emergence. And then Moose demands that Damore and Santino come out. They do. Moose issues an ultimatum that they will sue him and the scumbags will sue the company if they don't produce who attacked Moose and Myers or hand him the title by the end of the night. And Damore promises a resolution by the end of the night while the lights flicker. And
0: we get a multi-threatening <laughs> to sue the company after they set somebody on fire that's causing the lights to flicker i assume spoiler alert <laughs> a little bit but yeah the whole idea is because because the
1: more issue that ultimatum of you know if if one of Shelly's crew attacks attacks them then the going to be stripped of the title and since moose is number one contender he'd be he'd be the champion well, they're making the case that it was them attacking them, so that's what they're trying to do. As why they have the lawyer with them, so they can get a basically a free championship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So they go to a multiverse package, and then our first match: Trinity versus Jody Threat. Trinity over clean, and then the Coven rush out to beat down both. But instead of, and, but then Deanna comes out, watches, and she does nothing before she goes back to the back, and we go to our first commercial break. And then we come back with a backstage segment with Diana and Trinity. Trinity wants to know why Diana didn't help her. And Diana gives a sarcastic response about how a star like her should be able to handle it, along with Jody Threat. Mm-hmm. And then we go to a Jake something package. That's the same one that we see on the show. And they go to backstage interview segment with Gia and Time Machine and Alexander. They proclaim their innocence and promise they will be exonerated by the end of the night. Match number two, Diener with Khan versus Laredo Kid. Same match we get on the show. Before we go to our second commercial break, and then come back with a Johnny Swinger vignette. Then match number three is the Good Hands versus ABC. Good Hands go over in this after a Rascals distraction because what we're trying to play up here is is are the Rascals really working with the Good Hands, or are they trying to make people think that they're working with the Good Hands?
0: Hmm. Yeah, but the the phrase "good hands go over" just it's I'm I'm never gonna I'm never gonna fully accept it. But I, I get understand. that. But
1: that yeah, for the purpose of what we're doing or the of where we're going, that's why I did what we did. And we and then we go to our Hendry and you Amura vignette. That's the same one that we see on the show before we go to our third commercial break. Come back with the same subculture vignette we saw on the show, and then match number four. Is Saban versus Samurai Del Sol, which we get a condensed version of the match we saw on the show. And they come back with the same Trinity package we saw on the show, followed up with the same crazy Steve interview we saw on the show. Because I ain't going to lie, I like where this is going. I really do what they're doing with the character and especially how they, we'll talk more about it once we get to the actual impact show that we're going to be talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. And then we go to our fourth commercial break, come back with an MK Ultra vignette, the same one we see on the show. And then follow it up with the same Edwards and Kazarian package we saw on the show. And then match number five is Bully Ray versus Black Tarus, With Black Tarus over by DQ after scumbags interfere and they beat down Tarus. Moose gets on the mic and they say they're not leaving the ring until DeMora and Santino answer the ultimatum. And we go to our fifth and final commercial break. Come back with the New Japan hype video. Announcers do the hard sell for emergence, run down the car for the next week's show before talking about what's going on in the ring. They continue to, the scumbags continue to call it DeMorre and Santino. They come out along with Time Machine and Alexander. And we still have visible tension between Alexander and Shelley after what happened last week. Moose demands that DeMore prove the innocence of Time Machine and Alexander or strip Shelley of the title and award it to Moose. DeMore says he does, that they did clear this, uh, the legal did clear it and they have the surveillance video and they will show who attacked Moose and Myers. As soon as the video starts to play, the feed gets cut and the lights go out. Lights come back on and it's PCO in the ring with the sledgehammer. Scumbags bail into the crowd. PCO screams for bully. And then Damore signs PC or makes the match PCO versus bully in a last man standing match for emergence.
0: Man, it was PCO all along. I thought for sure it was Sonata. (laughs) Right? Like, didn't we all think it was gonna be Sonata showing up? But it was PCO.
1: I thought it was gonna be uh Jackson Riker or oh
0: wow, wow, yeah. We didn't get either of those. We got PCO.
1: So yeah, then uh, we go to Emergence. The main the main changes we have the three way exhibition title. Uh, Leo Rush goes over the knockouts title match. We have this. It's the same finish, but then after the match, after Deanna shakes Trinity's hand, she ends up attacking her afterwards and going full heel. Oh. And then for the bully PCO match, PCO goes over. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Bully goes over after Macklin returns. Oh. Because uh we have we have a pre-tape earlier on in the night where bully goes to the rest of the scumbags for help and they basically blow him off there, say we're done because you put us in jeopardy with your bullshit with PCO. So you're we're done. We're your part, you're out. So basically, Bully calls in Macklin for a favor or he had Macklin as backup just in case he knew this might happen. So Bully up after Macklin interferes. Alright. And then for our main event, Moose versus Shelly. Moose goes over for the world title after scumbag interference, time machine interference, Alexander interference, and Alexander makes a mistake and ends up Messing up, sh- hitting Shelly with something. I'm not having quite figured. We'll we'll figure out in a mistake that's happening where Alexander hit Shelly. Moose hits spear on Shelly. One, two, three. New champion. But here's the kicker: at the very end, Leo Rush comes out and says he is cashing in option C for Bound for Glory.
0: Oh my God!
1: So basically, we we will have Moose and Leo Rush in the main event
0: for Bound for Glory. Interesting main event. I'm sure it's better than whatever they're going to do. Well, obviously, I like the part where Moose is champion. And perhaps along the way, I would have done some things differently. Perhaps I would have done some of the same things. But overall, I think it's a little more interesting, at the very least. Uh, and they, there were some... Uh, some good cleanup there with some of the stuff that they they missed,
1: right? And we got rid of like the, a lot of this the cheesy PCO and after bully stuff. Whereas we're kind of leaving breadcrumbs of where he's like doing hit and runs before he finally shows himself, rather than just straight up criminal activity caught on tape.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they love their criminal activity caught on tape, filmed crime, the Bingo Square. God, I still gotta make my bingo's. I gotta make my bingo card. I'm just so lazy, you know. I'm so burnt out from all this wrestling. <laughs> so, so I don't want to make a bingo card, but I'll do it. One day I'll do it. Cause it, it's gonna be a very valuable and entertaining part of these shows if I can just you know post that card like you post these on a Substack, and I'll post the card somewhere. There's like um there's Liz a Liz you're... gave me an uh Like, there's, like, a a website or something, and so I checked it out, and you can make your own thing, and then people can go to it just like a Google Doc, you know? And um, If there was a way we could get this, like, on screen,
1: like, and throughout the show, we just, like, fill in, like, okay, we hit this mark, we hit that
0: mark, are we going to score bingo by the end of the night? Yeah, that'd that'd be a great piece of content. But I'm just so lazy, so... So much like impact booking, I'm lazy and that's why we don't have a bingo card. So maybe we'll get that done. Or Liz is saying send me the list and I'll pop it in the bingo make. Yeah. It's the only reason I, I haven't done that or wouldn't do that right now is because the uh like I wrote the list in shorthand. So I want to make sure that it's understandable for you know anybody that would be looking at it. I'd have to like re recategorize it first that's probably another reason why i haven't gotten around to it because if 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 you just put it the way i wrote it it'd be like well, what so gotta clean it up a bit Mm.
1: yep so that bring yep so that brings us to the 831 edition of impact which is the latest one that we'll be talking about tonight whoop
0: whoop yes finally we'll be talking about it don't worry it won't take long (laughs) <laughs> this is the shortest portion of our show, which is why we have to have other supplementary content because otherwise we do like a 15-minute uh impact attack and uh well I'm sure that you guys would appreciate saving time during your week that's still not very good for the people that uh, are paying good channel attitude money. So, the fact that we're already over an hour into this just yeah. Yeah. We're we're giving but, you your money's worth. So we'll see if we can do it in nine minutes and get out in a neat hour and twenty. Okay, so, because I, I mean, really, like let, let's let's go through it. Recap. Okay, as always, then we get a knockout battle royal. Okay, what are we supposed to say about that? Do you have anything to say about the knockout battle royal? Like what actually happened in the body of the match?
1: Not. I mean, no business was done for anybody other than Alicia.
0: Right. So if, if you, you cared. If you Yeah, if you cared about a blow-by-blow blow of what happens in a battle royal, like, I'm sure there's somebody online that's written that down for you to read. Um, but even that's kind of hard to find because it's Impact. So it's like, you know, you don't want to hear it from us, I imagine. Uh, let us know if you do. Um, I'm not going to do it, but let us know if you want it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Lish wins as she's going under the radar, that whole thing where she like... Everyone forgot that she was in the match and wasn't eliminated. And then she comes out and does the Ric Flair to Kylan King and Jody Threats, Sid and Hulk Hogan, and dumps them both over while they're fighting. So, um, so there you go. Uh, Alicia Edwards is the number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. What do you think of that booking? it's
1: different i'll give them that it's a fresh challenger but other than that like from a character and where they're at on the card perspective i do not see this being anything other than trinity going over clean so you're another result going in so how can you get invested into it good
0: question how can you um all right so then we're backstage and uh josh Alexander is coming up to the Motor City Machine Guns who were trying to do a promo. Um and he interrupts them so he can apologize and uh he's going back we're we're back to Josh Alexander and talking about keeping emotions in check. Like talk about at
1: least
0: are being, uh, consi- being consistent with his character. Well, it's not that consistent because he always denied that he needed to keep his emotions in check. It was really Scott Damore that was telling him he needed to keep his emotions in check. Apparently now his character has grown to the fact where he realizes he needs to keep his emotions in check. But I'm just tired of hearing the phrase emotions in check. Maybe you could say something different. Like you said, I let my temper get the best of me. I shouldn't have done what i'd done because i wasn't thinking clearly but when you say emotions in check what you're really doing is you're just being lazy like i am with the bingo card okay and it's corny and no one talks like this and this is a wrestling promo um and speaking of that after he goes away uh and the machine guns try to get their promo back on track sarcastically like, as we were saying, or whatever they said, and then rascals came in and interrupted them and taunted them and, you know, made faces at them and then walked back out. So there you go.
1: Uh, the only thing I took away from this thing is, like, is Alec, did Alex tell you to just come back from a dress rehearsal of Reservoir Dogs? Yes, he did.
0: He's Mr... Mr. Brown? There was a Mr. Brown? Remember, Steve Buscemi didn't want to be Mr. Brown because it's too close to Mr. Shit. Or, or, or no, wasn't it somebody no, else? Uh, Mr. A...
1: Brown was Tarantino.
0: Tarantino, right. Okay. Um, he was Mr. Pink. Buscemi was Mr. Pink, right? Yep. Alright. Uh, I can't be Mr. Black?
1: Cause everybody wants to be Mr. Black.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, alright. So, Fat Eddie celebrates with Thin Lishy. Um... <laughs> That's uh, that popped me harder way than I, harder than I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which that would be a good transition to a Bluetooth sponsorship if we had mm-hmm. one. But uh, uh, all right. So uh, next is a uh, crazy Steve who's crazier than ever, um, totally crazy, even though he assured us that he wasn't. Uh, versus Mike Bailey. Um, Tom is pretending to be shaken up by the mere presence of Crazy Steve um and the match never really goes anywhere because he just starts stabbing mike bailey with a fork and then uh black taurus tries to be the voice of reason you know the, the minotaurs coming down and pleading with him to be reasonable and then he gets a tag with a the fork and then uh security comes out and i think one of them got attacked with a fork and then they all just like sell him you know like oh like they're backing off in the corner the, the job guy with a fork is backing off all the security. The guards are more guards. Um, now, you were saying that you were into this where, where this was going based on the interviews and things. So, I'm interested to hear what you thought of this particular uh, development.
1: I mean, there's obviously some punching up that could be done and to make it a little bit better. But I thought overall... This was well done, trying to ha- kind of help get this new character, like establish this new character, show like holy shit, this guy's really gone off the deep end and he just wants to hurt people and doesn't really give a shit.
0: And he's still calling himself Crazy Steve? Like what if he was just Steve, but everything else is the same? I don't know. So my, my problem with it besides everything is the fact that, you know, like I said, wh- what's going to happen with this? They're just going to turn w- they they tugged on our heartstrings and turned it into phony wrestling like immediately. It, it couldn't even last three three weeks before they turned it into phony wrestling with the uh, weird green stuff and forks and all this other shit that they do. After he tells us the truth or uh, what we assume is the truth but it's it's ultimately just to get to wrestling which is something that i criticized like i criticized dreamer and bully for doing this i said you guys talked about real shit, and then you proceeded to do the fakest shit ever you can't do that because no one will listen to you after a while it's just you if everybody knows that you're going somewhere phony And the whole wrestling business in general is so phony and ridiculous and unbelievable, you might as well just leave the real shit out of it. Like, don't disgrace the people that you're talking about and drag them into this. Don't bring all the tragedies that people have suffered in real life onto this totally ridiculous uh, program, low-budget program, for an angle that everybody will forget about in in, before it's even over, they'll probably forget about it. You know, that's what I said to them back then, and I said, these guys are dead to me. I don't care. And we'll talk about Tommy Dreamer later and how I still don't care. But Steve's doing the same thing. He he lays everything bare for us and tells us about his past, and then they just turn it into a phony wrestling angle immediately. So, it's like, well, there you go. Um, Not I- only are you Not only are you, not only did you, you know, dump out your, uh, dump out your purse on the couch uh, metaphorically for everybody to see, but then you just proceeded to be more of a phony wrestling character than you ever were.
1: I do agree with that. Like when you put it that way, I'm thinking back to like the very last interview where, Instead of him getting, like, violent and really creepy with Tom, he could have just been, like, kind of alluded to how, like, he's tried to be the antidote and wants to be the plague and have him walk away from the set. And then, like, this week, you could have Black Tarus finally finally say something to him where it's like, dude, why didn't you ever open me up to me like that? Why didn't you tell me this had going on? And Steve just blows him off and walks away to try to keep further in that where he's kind
0: of, like, pushing everybody away from him. Right. Well, here's what you do. Here's what you actually do. Okay. If you want, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll book it for free guys. Get your fucking notepads out. So if you're really going to do one of these things where you take off the face paint that you showed up to the interview with, but whatever, if you're going to do that thing and you're going to say, this is the real me and this is what we're doing. Then after the interview's over, you don't vomit green liquid all over the interviewer yeah. or whatever and try to be try to be the the Jim Ross and Cactus Jack interview. You don't do that. Instead, what you do is you end it as a baby face. You tell the truth. You say, I'm done playing a clown. I'm not a clown. Um, I'm Steve whatever. Whatever you want to call yourself, you can make up another work name. You can use your shoot name, whatever you want to do uh, and say, I'm this guy now. And then you go out there. And the next time we see you, you're in a match and you're in a match with somebody and then you fucking lose and then you go out there the next time and you have a match with somebody as your plain wrestler self. Now you're going to look like a member of the good hands. He's just going to be another member of the good hands, just not in the group. And he's going to have a match with somebody. He's going to fucking lose. And then he's just going to keep losing. And every time he loses, he gets closer to actually turning crazy. And then we can start re-evolving into a new character that just may grab, not a fork, but you grab something that's around that makes sense that it would be around. Like the bell hammer or something else that's like laying around right there. And then you snap and attack somebody you have to have the slow breakdown but we have to sympathize with you first you just broke our hearts then we have to get behind you we have to be behind you for a while and think this is the new crazy Steve. And we have to want you to win these matches and you have to lose these matches you can lose them to baby faces you can lose them to heels you could keep losing to people lower and lower on the card until you just do a clean job for johnny swinger whatever you want to do because you're fucking blind and it doesn't make sense that you could beat anybody anyway, but we start to have that sympathy for you and then you realize like the only way that you can stop playing the, the crazy character and get success as a, as a real wrestler is you're going to have to actually, it's going to drive you crazy that you can't do it. So, that's the journey that you would do if you want to make an interesting character out of this very interesting person. And this is nothing against the guy, because I don't know how much of this is his idea, but if it's his idea, he's just another one of these guys that fucking grew up watching wrestling in the attitude era and doesn't, and, and thinks that that's all it. So, everything he comes up with is wrestling cliches. And if this is somebody else's idea to do all this, then they're just using wrestling cliches. If you want to do something different, that's still in the realm of professional wrestling as a sport that we can buy into, even in a wrestling way, that's how you do it. You have to be able to get behind somebody for a period of time for what they're doing to matter. Whether it's being a babyface, being a heel, being normal, being crazy, there has to be some sort of a uh, there has to be a, a a switch that flips and it it doesn't even have to be like a light switch. It could be a dimmer switch. It could gradually get darker. You gradually get darker, gradually get darker. You go down, downward spiral, downward spiral. We, we still are with you. We want to be behind you, but you're a loser. And then all of a sudden you can't take that anymore. And now you start taking it out on people. That's how you would do this. If this is what you wanted to do. There you go. I can't argue that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes all the sense. And it would be way more fun to watch. Because at first you wouldn't know what's going on.
1: But and know. then and the person he flips on would be Black Tarus, so and then you finally
0: have that that decay split. That's right. I mean, you don't even have to break up the the team right away. It would just be like a contrast you see black Taurus with this other guy that's just a normal guy or whatever but you would think because these guys have known each other that Taurus has always kind of known this stuff right so now he's being supportive right i mean that's the idea uh, that's that's what you do anyway uh yeah so yeah and Lisbeth, i think you were referring to uh manhunter mindhunter was a show on netflix and a terrible movie with Elo cool j um but in any case that's neither here nor there if you want to know what the hell i'm talking about you got to be live every monday at 6 30 p.m mm-hmm. pacific 9 30 p.m eastern for the impact attack on youtube and twitch so uh anyway the most professional wrestling gods and fat eddie are in the back and uh, and Moose is trying to sell fat Eddie to uh Myers, and then Bully comes in and tells Eddie to get lost basically, shoes him away, and then uh, Moose lets Bully know that uh, the scumbags are over because you ditched us twice and we're done. Uh, and so Bully's like, But what about the scumbags? and then you hear. Off camera, you hear, boy, and then you get scared, and, and he runs away. Um, and then we get, I guess we get a follow-up to after the break, because the, the what I wrote down here was, I lit you on fire because I care about you. That was, the, that was the line I wrote down. So I guess that was the part where he trapped PCO in the door trying to get through and was trying to reason with him right and then bullied and they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit where he calls
1: him carl and saying i'm trying to get you to stop this whole monster thing
0: right so if this is their way of getting him to stop taking uh sentons to the ring apron or whatever from the top rope uh okay it sucks but at least i'll be happy for his spine um however imagine being in a situation where you're a cameraman filming this And then you just stop filming it where they decided to stop filming. (laughs) Like, I definitely want to see what else happens here, but we're not getting that. It's like, nope, scene's over, so time to cut off the camera. That's another phony wrestling thing. So, anyway. Uh, This sounds familiar. Uh, Khan versus Eric Young. I feel like we just talked about this. Did we just talk about this? I think we did. Maybe. Might have. Oh. Oh. Well, it didn't go the way you said. He basically just, Eric Young just beats him. Uh, he gives him a pile driver, and then he's like, he gets, a con gets in the ring, and he's like, finish me. Like, this, <laughs> do you guys think you're some kind, what do you think this is? What do you think you guys are doing out there? You think you're making high art with this shit? Like, the announcers are trying to explain it. Like, he knows he can't beat Eric Young. He just wants it to, uh, so he pile drives him again and pins him
1: so bad like they they try to build up Khan as this monster but they
0: completely cut his nuts off well that's true too on the other hand in the bigger picture it's just like okay um so because i held your shoulders down for three seconds that means this is over right we're done we, we don't have any more to say here it's it's a done deal yeah exactly. i'll get my revenge on, i'll get my revenge on these guys that killed me uh um, by holding their shoulders down for three seconds. That'll make everything right. Why don't you just give them an inside cradle while you're at it? That's the ultimate revenge, you know? A three count. No matter what happens. Kill you. Rape your family. You know, whatever. Burn burn everything that you've ever loved. But as long as I hold your shoulders down, I give I'll them ne- my
1: revenge. I'll never forget. Like, this was... Like that whole kind of mentality idea, like that never set well with me. Cause I remember, I remember when uh, it was revealed that Rikishi ran over Austin and Mick Foley said, Oh my God, you matched them at no mercy. Oh yeah, the guy tried to kill me and run me over. You want to give me a match. Yeah, that really fixes it. Mm hmm. Yeah. But then Foley says, But then Foley says, we have this no whole bard match where you get to do anything you want to him legally and not and not get in trouble where he's like, well, okay, and that's different.
0: Yeah, it is a little bit different. And Steve Austin was never given people inside cradles anyway. So you right. knew what you're going to get. But whatever. Um, Leo Rush says uh, Saban is insane for thinking that he can beat Rush. Uh, and then Kushida walks in and Brandishes his giant X necklace and says victory road. So I guess we know where he's cashing in his title shots, and um, which they confirm later in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if they said no, they denied him. Nope. You're not doing it to victory road. Sorry. <laughs> you, you can't just challenge whenever you want. We said you could, but you can't uh, Deanna with Gia, no music underneath and speaking of victory road, she's got a challenge for the returning Jordan grace. So Deanna versus Jordan Grace again. Yeah, Is this where take... Jordan Grace gets her win back since I Deanna's would... on a losing streak?
1: I would imagine. So it looks like they're kind of positioning Deanna as a heel again because with the uh, 1,000th episode of Impact, she's on the heel team.
0: Oh, the heel. Team heel. Um, let's see. So we got uh, – here we get Zachary Wentz versus Goldberg98. Um, he, he does need some help from Alex Shelley to neutralize, uh, Trey Miguel on the outside and, and do all that. And he does hit the cradle shock. So, you know, we're still in strong form here, although he still needed, he still needed help. Any thoughts on the match or the, uh, post-match or the whole angle? Uh, the whole thing went exactly like I expected it to,
1: although I will say that at least, Impact of smart like getting as many matches announced for the for uh Victory Road as soon as possible because it's this coming Saturday from when we're recording this or this coming weekend. Boy. They need to like uh, they need to schedule this shit better. Like, you, can't, all... you, like, you can't do like a big show and then like two weeks later the next one, like nah. Especially not in this market,
0: no. Yeah, well, they're doing it um all right so uh abc congratulate rascals in a passive aggressive manner uh then the good hands walk up the second they're mentioned like abc says and then the good hands and they're like excuse me did somebody just say the good hands um uh, and so yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so there you go uh, good hands anytime you see good hands doing a promo on a microphone or not or in backstage, it's safe to fast forward. Uh, Subcultura Uh, asks Santino for a rematch Um, and then uh, Swanahan wants a shot and then uh, Joya also wants a shot Um, and Santino says maybe someday. Uh, So, yeah. Basically, it looks like it's going to be Subcultura versus Swanahan to see who gets uh, a shot.
1: If you want my opinion on this, I think that we should be be built up as Rascals, get built up as heel champions, Joe and Yuya being built up as face challengers, and they take the belts off of them.
0: Well, I do want your opinion. I want your opinion on all these things. So, Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, I'll go with that. That sounds fine to me. Uh, All right. Kenny King and Sheldon Jeans are in the ring Um, they're saying stuff and then Dreamer walks out and tells his usual sad story and starts crying Um, and then he says Tommy Dreamer crying no way yep it happened unbelievably it happened and he says that you know he's upset because King didn't watch the main event he was already out drinking before uh, the show was over so he's disappointed in him and they go back and forth telling you know, saying stuff, and essentially, it it just it ends up being a, a challenge of Tommy Dreamer's challenging for the title, and if he doesn't win, he's going to retire. So it's a Tommy Dreamer retirement match challenge for the Digital Media Championship. Now, I wouldn't normally i i, I like the way they they kind of did this. You know what they were saying was good. They were definitely um, playing their roles well, Uh, but like I said earlier, I'm just done with Dreamer, so I don't really care. And if this can be his retirement match and get him off of TV for a while and just let him go back to over in the process, why not? Right. But I would also say, I would also argue that uh, Dreamer's beyond the point where he can actually get anybody over. Like, he's meant so... uh, And this part isn't a personal attack. This is just the state of the man's career at this point. He has meant so little for so long in terms of this that a win over Tommy Dreamer does nothing for anybody. Even if you're the guy that finally puts the nail in the coffin of his career, it still don't mean shit. And Kenny King is already like... that. Is What, you think that for a guy that's as old as Kenny and been around as long as Kenny, you think that's going to be the springboard for him to do something? This should be a much younger heel if you're going to do this. But even then, I don't think it means anything. But still, like this certainly doesn't mean anything to Kenny King. So in, in every way that you could think about it, other than just them two going out there And just them going back and forth, like if I took that promo of the promo in a vacuum and just looked at it like that, that was good. But everything around it and everything, I don't like it. Doesn't make sense. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it seems kind of out there and is out of left field. Like Like, why is Tommy all of a sudden give a shit about what Kenny King's doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the 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 guy like besides everything else, like the guy that the reason that you haven't seen him very much on TV is because he got soft canceled a while back for saying, Ah, who cares? Or it's Ric Flair. Who cares about a stewardess? You know, like <laughs> that's, that's why we don't see Tommy Dreamer much these days. But you know besides that, if you put if you take that aside, just you know, it's Tommy Dreamer. Fucking sucks. And Tommy fat. Dreamer, yeah. Um, sure. He, he says some things about Ric Flair and putting him over, but
1: come on, it's, it's Tommy Dreamer. It's Tommy Dreamer. Tom,
0: yeah, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's is no Michael Jackson. He's not even Mike Jackson, the old ass man. That yeah. So, uh, so uh gail kim says if awesome kong is coming back then so am i and i was like yeah and then uh she says all the knockouts past and present are invited and i was like oh well all
1: right in this match gail kim and kong are on the same team right
0: i guess i wasn't paying that close attention when they were doing the match rundown yeah but whatever
1: building that impact 1000
0: which to be fair that's a huge
1: milestone, especially for them. <laughs> yes, when everybody thought they should have died a
0: long time ago. A it's thousand like yeah, episodes.
1: yeah, yeah, a thousand episodes, bitches. You thought we were
0: going to be dead twenty years ago, right? And you probably should have been right, but that's fine. <laughs> um, it, it's fine. We've you know now they're just an institution, so it's just another wrestling promotion, and they stuck around, so. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive and cool. I'm glad everybody's, you know, getting paid and whatever. Uh, now, I will say that um, as far as also Congo's, always one of my favorite things ever in the history of the company. When we're looking back over those thousand episodes, I always, I always there were there was a you know of course they did some good things over those years. How how could you not? But. The, ones, the things that I remember liking the most from a certain time period of TNA that I always want to watch, and going back to what I was saying, answering Chris Winland's question was, you know, about like, what do I enjoy about wrestling? Well, what I enjoyed about TNA was three things. Curry Man, The Beautiful People, and Awesome Kong. Those were the highlights of the show for me when I was watching
1: the way they booked and built Awesome Kong was nothing short of fantastic. Like, she was a... They booked her in a way where she had a way you could beat her, but if she got her hands on you, she would kill you.
0: Yes. And rightly so. And then, you know, of course, the real life Kia Stevens is a wonderful person, and you know, just if you want to see another side to it, um... And you, you never watched the Netflix glow or whatever. She was great on that. And that show is great. It's the most accurate Hollywood, you know, quote unquote, Hollywood portrayal of professional wrestling, oddly enough that it was the joke wrestling promotion that they're using as a basis for it. You know, the thing that may have exposed the business the most and been the most phony at the time. But like ultimately that turned into years later, you know, forget you know heels on stars or forget whatever other bullshit you know the wrestler with mickey rourke or whatever i think net uh, netflix glow is probably the most accurate representation of pro wrestling on screen so and she was a big part of that so go check that out if you never did um don't check out uh, macklin's promo with music underneath <laughs> you can skip you can just skip that you can just imagine what he says. It's nothing any different than he ever says. Um, and then we join Moose's entrance in progress. Uh, we still get most of it, but I don't. I don't. Um, then we so this match is uh, the most professional wrestling gods and Fat Eddie versus uh, Kazarian, something and Sonata. So very random. Uh, Dango and Bravo are watching in the back. You know, the match is what it is. Um, I did notice one thing during this match that I was like, maybe I didn't see it correctly, but uh, there was a spot where, like, Moose was uh, choking somebody. Um, It might have been Sonata, but he's, like, stepping on his throat, and, like, the referee is just, like, telling him to get off the guy's throat and not, like, doing a five count or something. And Moose is, like, trying to... Moose is like trying to get him to count, like he, like he's saying, i got a five count or something like, like he's saying yeah. that and the referee just refuses to, like he's not yep, doing that's, the that's, job.
1: That is absolutely 100% like the refs are giving the ref the cue. Hey, count me to five, do your job.
0: Yep. And um, so one, another example of how good Moose is because you don't expect, you know, big dumb ex-football players uh, to be good wrestlers now i'm not calling moose that but you know what i mean i'm just talking yeah it's the, the expectation the perception right and then and then uh so he's trying to work and this fucking referee is clueless and just not not getting it um all right i'm glad that glad that i didn't you know misread that uh i thought for sure a former referee would certainly catch it so Yep, 100
1: yeah. percent Like if I'm if I'm in there like in the rest right spot, oh, they're telling me to count the five. Okay.
0: Right. Um, so there you go. But he's not he didn't do it, so Moose eventually just gave up because you can't choke the guy forever or he'll die. So he he just let him up.
1: <laughs> Dude, I actually never forget. I got a crash course on like resting on the fly, and it was a match that Colt Cabana was in, so that was that made actually made it a lot easier. Right
0: um yeah how was that tell a story was, about
1: that it was fun like there's a point where he had a where cole had the guy in like a wedgie and he's like hey are you supposed to be counting to five? Oh yeah one two three
0: yeah yeah i mean that's the thing like a good referee is gonna be a, a good referee can be calling matches to wrestlers or like a great one at least, a good one will be. They'll be there and you won't really see them.
1: Okay? Exactly. Yes.
0: But so so ironically, in that in that uh in that same vein, and in the vein of we watched uh you know there's too much wrestling and we're burned out. Um, on payback, John Cena was a guest referee. He made himself the guest referee for the Miz versus L.A. Knight, and. At some point, Corey Graves made a comment of like, I "Man, John Cena's uh, like." They say a, the mark of a good referee is that you don't notice them. I forgot John Cena was in this match, and then I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, there was he went like I I did like I was actually watching that match. I only watched like I watched the whole show, but the only matches I really cared to pay attention to uh, was Rhea Ripley versus Raquel. Trish and Becky in the cage and John uh, John Cena with Miz and LA Knight. Those were the only three matches I cared to watch, right? So in uh, when Corey Graves said that, like I'm like, well, that's a weird thing for the announcer to say other than he's just getting his shit in for people that, you know, know the business or whatever, but um but when he said it, I was like, hey, wait a minute. You're right. I forgot John Cena was in this match too. Like, of all people, to forget that's in a guest referee. Now, I know it's because we can't see him. (laughs) Yes. I I, I know that's the obvious joke. But even if you could see him, you couldn't see him because he was being small and being a ref and doing all the referee things. Right. And the the only time you notice him was toward the end, you know, when he's getting involved in the finishes where both guys are, like, almost close to accidentally hitting him or whatever, and then he's, like, actually a part of it. And those moments, but, like, in the moment-to-moment, Of the match he's acting like a regular referee but the 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 non-aubrey edwards kind you know which is crazy
1: right and the whole you can't see me gimmick just added to it and like oh we can just like extrapolate that and make it more even funnier
0: yeah so anyway yeah that's that's the kind of referee you should be if you can be john cena and fade into the background that's a good referee if moose is saying aren't you like I got, I got a count of five and you're just like, then maybe, <laughs> maybe reffing's not for you. Uh, anyway, uh, Jake, something pins Brian Myers. So that's good, I guess. Um, yeah. failed the checkoffs
1: gun test. Cause like when they showed the, uh, when they went to the, when they went into commercial with Johnny Bravo and Dango watching, I was expecting them to run in and they didn't. So that kind of like, well, okay. He's kind of teases with something that's, they expect us we're expecting it to happen but didn't like he like like I could the Chekhov's gun test kind of failed
0: that yeah I mean so that's it uh we get our random our random team gets a win and um that's probably mm, I think it's gonna be a wrap on Sonata for impact right I'm pretty sure that New Japan's gonna start running shows again this week, maybe in a few days, maybe the eighth. So I'm sure they're gonna need their champion back and uh
1: Oh, I will say though, I'm looking at like the history of guys who have been or New Japan guys who have had like excursions to impact. Mm-hmm. Okada, Sonata. Is you and gonna have kind of the same kind of uh future is he going to be a major player for uh New Japan
0: it's hard to say because you know you wouldn't have thought too much of the well okay Okada you probably wouldn't get the sense that he would become what he became based on his impact run alone Uh Sonata was pushed in impact somewhat he was an X Division champion and stuff and I remember him being there Yep. So when I started watching New Japan, I was like, okay, yeah, I know that guy. So that was like, you know, maybe you didn't see him getting all the way to the top, but definitely he he was they treat him better in impact than they had treated previous guys. Yep. So with uh with Yuya on the other hand, like I don't know. We'll have to see because yep. a lot of the guys that are coming back from Excursion now, I'm just slightly not as impressed by them, and I I don't know if it's going to be. Well, I look at the, that's that's kind of like everybody, like every wrestler coming up now. There's so few guys that I'm like, okay, the business is in good hands, you know. It's like more of them are like the good hands than in good hands. So I, I'm, I'm I'm like kind of worried. I'm liking you, Amura. I mean, the dude
1: can obviously go in the ring and he's finally showing personality and I'm liking what I'm seeing with the personality.
0: Yeah, he can, he, he can go and it's just that, I don't know. It's a little, it's still a little bland. It's still very much like 80s baby face basic. And he is kind
1: of piggybacking off of Joe Hendry. But if -hmm. there's one guy, he can be learning character and gimmick from on the roster. I mean, who better than Hendry at
0: the moment? Yeah, even when you see, like, well, if you watch New Japan and you see the Young Lions, there are guys that you can sort of earmark for great things based on what they do. And the, new, the Young Lions aren't allowed to do stuff. Like, they're literally not allowed. They're only allowed to do basic things, you know, hip toss, body slam, you know, a Boston Crab. Like, your finisher has to be a Boston Crab if you finish anybody, which mostly you don't. You know, so their moveset is limited so that they can learn and polish those basics and also learn how to get over without relying on doing crazy stuff. Then when you go on excursion, you're supposed to try out the things that, you know, you then bring back and add to your character when you get given a gimmick and everything like that. Yuya is wrestling much the same way he did as a young lion. I don't see him adding anything different, and some of his stuff looks a little bit soft, you know, for New Japan. So I'm a little worried about him, but hopefully he can prove me wrong. I've seen—let's just say—from his class of guys that have before they've gone on excursion, I've seen more from the other guys, and I've seen from Uemura. But he does have a good look; he's handsome. I can see them wanting to push you know, somebody. I-
1: you know, he could actually fit in very well with the American wrestling scene. Again, like you said, good look, handsome. He works kind of softer and he's getting character down. American yeah. wrestling might
0: be where he where he should be at. Right. So so I don't know. We'll see. Um New, New Japan is just different. You gotta do a little more to stand out. It's not even that When I say softer, I don't mean that he has to like stiff guys, but you have to look like, you know, in a working way, you have to look like it. And so I just don't know, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And after he leaves and goes back, I'll keep people updated if they want on what he's doing currently. But, um, but that's it for us. And we'll let you know what we're doing currently and where you can be a part of it. Uh, so Brandon, what's going on with you? You can find me on all
1: the usual places, uh, tw- uh, Twitter or X, as it's now known as, at Transarchist Tia. And then we also got our Twitch at twitch.tv slash Miss the Transarchist. And you can find all of the punching up impacts at substack.com at, tra- at HMG Brandon.
0: All right, there you go. Um, so you can find me at opinion, Haber on all your social media platforms. I'm going to call it Twitter, uh, and any other place that you can find me. Um, it's probably going to be opinion. Haber. And then you've got, uh, you can catch me on the, uh, the Monday locker room this week. We had an interesting, uh, panel. Um, of uh it was uh Ben and myself, and then we were joined by John Hartnett, and then we were joined by Von Lilas. So there's your connection to wrestling with Rip Rogers, who will also have uh this week they wrestling with Rip Rogers is going to have not live, but they're gonna have Gerald Briscoe as an Ooh. interview. So we're gonna be getting uh Rip and Jerry Briscoe talking about stuff so stay tuned to that and subscribe to wrestling with rib rogers it's free and you'll get updated on all the content um so that's that now as for me on hmg you know you can find me on monday locker room like i said you can find me on this past week's collision uh review show which is wreckage uh where i talked with jimmy t and chris annes we talked a lot about the Punk situation um then you got uh, every Wednesday, you have an XL Wrestling Review with myself and Big Ray Hernandez, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. If you want to join us live, 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 like Todd Brantley is joining us live right here at the very end, saying hi. Hello, Todd Brantley, the comment king. Um, and uh, so that's that. Um, and wrestling, uh, Steerix's wrestling analysis. Let's do something here. Let's check that out. Cause it seems like every time I turn around <laughs> this, this channel doubles in size. You know, I remember just the other day when I only had like 7,000 subscribers after a few days and now what are we looking at here? We are looking at Stevie Richard wrestling analysis. thousand subscribers with us with videos such as you know bret hart's russian leg sweep analysis we've got the unofficial ecw unreleased volume three commercial that was never i guess that was never done uh which is funny where he goes up and beats up a mark in his house uh who has the Who has the best spear in professional wrestling? We've got Roman Reigns, Rhino, Goldberg, and Edge. Like, who's got the best spear? So you can see that broken down. What the fuck? No moose? Uh, Well, you know, Stevie... I've got to have a talk with Stevie. I'm supposed to talk to him about a few things. I'll definitely bring that up. Um, But maybe, you know... No, I don't know. There is no excuse. I'm
1: sorry. Can't. Can't. I'm not talking to, like, as a Super Moose fan, like... His spear fucking looks awesome!
0: Yeah, it's cool. He has the flip in it, everything. So, yeah, we, we definitely got to talk about that. Um, and then over on Patreon, which has exclusive content, you can get such things as uh, the worst spot I have ever seen so far, which I think he's referring to the, uh, the spot with Orange Cassidy and Penta where they did the Canadian Destroyers back and forth. Um, it's pretty bad, but yeah. So I thought
1: I thought Raj Geary had the best comment where he said like, "Okay, cool. So guys are gonna start selling
0: gu- no selling gunshots in the ring. Only backstage in the locker room. Only Jack Perry will no sell the gunshots. You know. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, Stevie Richards wrestling analysis. Stevie Richards fitness. Stevie Richards. Check out Stevie Richards. But. uh That's going to do it uh, for us. Uh, You've checked us out, and we thank you. Please check us out again next week. Uh, We're going to goddamn talk about goddamn Victory Road. Goddamn it. And, um, yeah, I'm burned out. But uh, so so for Brandon, I'm burned out, and I don't have a sign on the line.